Telling stories. We all tell stories. Long stories, short stories, never-ending stories. Fictional stories, non-fictional stories, stories passed down to us from previous generations. Stories about how things got the way they are and how things are going to wind up. In the stories I've told myself, I've played countless roles. I've been the victim, the hero, and probably even the guardian angel. In someone else's story, I've been an extra without a single line of dialogue, the enemy, and maybe, if I'm lucky, the one who got away. If my life were the Wizard of Oz, I've been Dorothy, the Scarecrow, and even a flying monkey standing in Dorothy's way of her conquest to retrieve the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West. Telling the same story over and over again does not make it true. The story we tell ourselves, however, does form our character and influences our experience. Even though the story may never become reality, the way we live will emulate it as if it had. If my story is that you don't like me much, even if you like me just fine, I will experience otherwise. That look you didn't mean to give, that event you forgot to invite me to, that attention you give more to someone else, my experience is no longer based in reality, but on an imagined cause. I once worked with a woman named Crystal who had a central story she told herself about her love life. God, she said, does not want me to be loved. Her story went like this. Crystal was born a daughter, but her mother really wanted a son. Her mother often called her homely. The reason, her mother explained, was that she was supposed to be a boy. In her late teens, Crystal did meet someone and they married and had a child, but it didn't last long. He left her as well as his fatherly responsibility. Although she had her son, she was alone again. Crystal had a couple of boyfriends. They moved in and out of her life like the seasons. When they needed a place to stay or someone to love them, they headed Crystal's way. Crystal was an incredibly loving person. Each boyfriend seemed to understand Crystal's belief that she was not meant to be loved. Crystal told me, They came because they knew they wouldn't have to give me anything in return. Hearing Crystal's story and how much of her life was based on it, her self-esteem, her relationships, her spirituality, I certainly had compassion for her. There was only one question I could ask, however. What if you're wrong and God does want you to be loved? This idea not only fundamentally challenged the way Crystal lived, but also her sense of purpose. Crystal was only 40 years old, There is time for meaningful love. Sometimes significant change in our lives doesn't come from creating a new story, but simply by having a willingness to let the old story go. Sometimes, when we let things be, they become not only what they really are, but what we really want. When we distract ourselves from our own true character and become entrenched in the role of victim, martyr, or judge, What we truly want in our lives and our relationships becomes greatly separated from our heart's desires. Instead of wanting our truest intention for harmony in a relationship, for example, we may develop a desire for our spouse to be untrue in her love for us, or to only care about herself in order to support the victim character we are playing to be right. Many times, instead of having an honest conversation about how I feel in a relationship, I have instead created a drama that in reality was an exit strategy from telling the truth. This is an extreme example, 
but people often do this in minor ways all the time. We judge our everyday life based on moods, news stories, or what someone said to us. Instead of living in line with our priorities and values on any given day, we sacrifice ourselves to a negative event around us. Psychologist Alfred Adler said, Meanings are not determined by situations, but we determine ourselves by the meanings we give to situations. This statement reminds us that meaning lies not within our circumstances, but within ourselves. This means that what I think something means and what you think it means can be different. A family of three are having dinner. The child acts up and the wife tells him to quiet down. The husband defends the child by saying that he wants to hear what he has to say. What this event means depends on the story each of these three characters are telling themselves. What happened for the wife was a validation of the story that her husband does not support her, is not on the same page with their parenting, and in some ways is not a good father. What happened for the husband is a validation of the narrative that his wife is abusive, stern, and doesn't listen. What happened for the child? Nothing. Nothing at all. Who was right and who was wrong? For the child, there was nothing to be wrong or right about. For the parents, there was something to be correct or incorrect about because of the story they were seeking to validate. For this couple's marriage, if both parties aren't seeking an outcome of mutual love and support, they will continue to struggle. Yet even behind that story, there are two individuals with two deeper narratives going on. The circumstance of the dinner is not meaningful in itself. It is the environment in which meaning happens. This doesn't make it meaningless but filled with meaning. Not a type of meaning full of answers, but of the potential for interpretation. There are stories lurking in each of us, and all of them are yearning to be proven true or false. It is up to us to clarify for ourselves whether or not it is the truest story we want to be told and experienced, or something else. Is it possible in this story that there is an underlying meaning to the whole event? regardless of the tales being told? Yes, I believe there is. Based upon understanding the collective themes these individuals and all of us are trying to realize at the deepest level. They are themes of the life our souls seek to experience and embody such as love, freedom, and harmony. Our spiritual narrative is the truth behind all the stories and beliefs we tell ourselves, a narrative that longs to be told and experienced. The couple may fight and fight, believing that the problem lies with the other person, but deep down, a spiritual narrative exists that whether they stay together or not is steering both of them to a deeper understanding of the meaning of love, life, and relationships. Life won't tell our story for us. It is up to us to live and understand. However, when we become clear, not only to the truth of the situation, but more importantly, to the truth of ourselves that is always present, we have the opportunity to live an honest story, a true story that can have us feeling that we are experiencing a more whole narrative for our entire life. In Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, the St. Louis Cardinals were down to their last strike against the Texas Rangers. The Rangers had a 3-2 game advantage in the best-of-seven series and were about to become World Series champions. Up to this point, the story was fully in support of a Texas victory. 
The childhood dreams about to be realized, the team who everyone counted out, was proving the critics wrong. Then the Cardinals tied the game. In extra innings, Texas took the lead again. But again, St. Louis, down to the last strike, tied the game. Cardinals third baseman David Freeze broke the tie with a home run in the 11th inning, winning one of the best games in Major League history, the momentum of which helped the Cardinals win the 2011 World Series. After the Cardinals win, a friend posted the following on her Facebook account. Congratulations, Cardinals. After all the critics said it couldn't be done, you proved them wrong, showing that if you believe in your dreams, anything is possible. The story had changed. For St. Louis and their fans, new stories had to be told to explain the fact that they just won, in dramatic fashion, the 2011 World Series. But what about the poor Rangers? What becomes of their story in all this? The better team won this time? Let's work even harder and get them next time? They could call themselves losers, but that wouldn't be the truest story. They could call themselves victims of fate, but that wouldn't be the truest story. They could say it is their destiny to win the World Series, but that too would be untrue. Most likely, sparing some dramatic flair, the team told themselves the story most in alignment with achieving their goal. What was probably the most true story was their collective desire to succeed. The consensus would then become that the loss was an essential part of the story of their success. It is similar with our lives. Our successes and our failures, when we are positive, go together to tell the story of where we want to go. Even if we are not sure of where we are going, the destination is clear. We want to succeed. We want fulfillment. We want to love and be loved. How it's going to happen is part of the joy of the spiritual narrative. Part of what makes our life narrative spiritual is that it is beyond our conscious control. Although we tell ourselves stories and our choices influence what will occur, the story is ultimately not ours to tell, so much as to live. No one's spiritual narrative is to fail. The true theme of any person's life is to succeed, to become more truly who one potentially is. All that being said, we all fail and we all make mistakes. Yet when we are clear about our spiritual narrative, even our mistakes come together to point us in its direction. When we truly understand our spiritual narrative, we can embrace not only our successes, but also our mistakes and failures. A friend of mine related a story to me about his father. In a job interview, his dad would tell the interviewer, I've made more mistakes than anyone else applying for this job. What was he implying? Not that he was the most accident-prone, but that since he had already made the mistakes, he was the least likely to make them again. He had learned his lessons and was therefore more capable than the other applicants. The simple truth is, outcomes don't tell stories. We do. We lose a game. That's the end of the story? Or is it? A relationship comes to an end. That's the end of our love life? Or is it? It is how we respond to the outcomes of our lives that carries the story onward and provides us with a greater opportunity to truly experience and embody our spiritual narrative. When it comes to our spiritual narrative, it is not its responsibility to tell itself. We have to make it true. Our spiritual narrative may not always come about the way we imagined, 
but with the right amount of faith and dedication, we may find it comes out even better.